Hi, hello, and welcome to the Physionic Dedicated Podcast. My name is Nicholas Verhoeven. I am a current PhD student in molecular medicine, and I have my master's in exercise physiology. Now that the formalities are out of the way, what is the topic for today? That rhymed. Uh, the topic for today is how do your cells use protein? So we talk about consuming protein because, well, we need it for our health. We need it to function. But we also talk about it, especially when it comes to performance. You need a certain amount of protein to maintain performance or to increase your performance. Well, that's all well and good. But I think it's important, as always, because, well, the name of this brand is Physionic, so we want to learn our body. I think it's important for us to be able to trace what exactly happens to protein after you've consumed it? So if you uh, have some peas or if you have, and that's for, that's a shout out to the vegans out there, uh, or if you have a piece of steak, then what happens to that steak and how does it get integrated and how do your cells actually use it? So let's jump into it. Let's say you eat a piece of protein, whatever that protein is, if that's steak, if that's peas, if that's soybeans, whatever it is, and it's absorbed in, in through the intestines. And then from there, it's sent into your bloodstream. So your bloodstream is then filled with amino acids. So all, uh, all different types of amino acids. There are 20, some people might debate 22, but there are 20 amino acids, some of them essential, some of them non-essential, non-essential meaning that your body can create uh, them as well. But that's beside the point. Regardless, your amino acid levels, your serum or blood amino acid levels increase, and then they have to find themselves in the actual cell because they're kind of useless if they're just in your bloodstream and they're stuck in your bloodstream. So these amino acids go through what are called amino acid transporters, and these transport proteins allow the influx of those amino acids from the serum, from the bloodstream, into the actual cells themselves. So then from there, what ends up happening is uh, amino acids are associated with what's called tRNA. Now, when we uh, transcribe genes, we essentially express different genes, and those genes are then converted or kind of read, I should say, into what's called mRNA or messenger RNA. So these mRNA are a long string of specifically spliced and spe specifically set up uh, mRNA strands, which then allow you to uh, create a polypeptide chain. Polypeptide meaning many protein chain or many uh, components to a protein chain. So a chain of amino acids. So that's essentially what I'm alluding to. So the amino acids that come from the serum uh, get associated with tRNA and you have a structure called the ribosome and the ribosome will clamp down onto the mRNA, so the mRNA strand, and we'll start reading it. So start going down the mRNA. And as it does that, it stops and it reads particular sections. And as it's reading sections, it's essentially uh, only going to allow the connection of a particular tRNA. So the tRNA that's specific to that particular section of mRNA binds and then you get the association with that TNR, tRNA of the actual amino acid. So now you have the association of the amino acid to the mRNA. So then this ribosome just keeps chugging along as it's continuing to associate all these amino acids together, which is making a 
polypeptide chain, which is exactly what uh, I spoke about just uh, briefly earlier. So with this slow growth of this polypeptide chain, eventually it reaches a, a particular point on the mRNA near the end where it uh, reads a stop. So then the ribosome dissociates and you have this free floating polypeptide chain. So obviously this polypeptide chain is pretty useless at this point. It's just a bunch of amino acids that have been read in a particular order to give them a particular order in terms of how they're linked together. And then from here, uh, then you can say that they move into a bunch of different uh, organelles. So the Golgi apparatus, and they also enter the endoplasmic reticulum. And I'm not going to go over the details of those, but essentially what's going to end up happening is they go through packaging or they go through different modifications known as uh, post-translational modifications. So because the process of the ribosome converting the mRNA or reading, I should say, the mRNA to amino acids is called translation. So these are post, so after translation modifications of this polypeptide chain. Uh, so in that situation, you might have the addition of particular sugars, which is called glycosylation. You might see uh, phosphorylation of this polypeptide chain. You might see a bunch of different modifications uh, that occur to the polypeptide chain. And from then, because you have these additions in these uh, two different organelles, then you have essentially a changed or modified polypeptide chain to a point where now the cell knows what it needs to use that protein for. It recognizes that protein. So then you have chaperone proteins that come in and start to fold uh, the, the actual polypeptide chain into its structural unit. So the actual uh, functional role that that protein is gonna have is based on uh, how it's folded together. And then it can be migrated to the cell surface, to the actual membrane. It can be secreted out by the cell uh, through endocytosis, or it can uh, be part of a structural uh, protein of another vesicle or another uh, membrane of a vesicle or uh, it can be an enzyme, it can be a structural unit. I mean, if you're talking about muscle, certainly a structural unit. Uh, if you're talking about your kidneys, it might be a transport protein to allow the, uh, the capture of sodium and uh, the regulation of potassium. I mean, it could be any, any number of things, like anything in the cell is, well, primarily made up of protein. So you have these modifications that are happening from that point on. So these amino acids travel from your mouth, from you chewing, and they get broken down into these individual amino acids, and then they get restitched together, and then they get folded together to make, kind of like, if you think of like pottery almost, they get uh, put into this particular mold, this particular function, and then they can actually be used by your cells or like I said, they can be secreted by your cells to communicate with other cells about what they need to do. So there's a bunch, a bunch of different things that your cells can do with that, but that's why amino acids are so incredibly important and why you need a certain amount of them uh, in your bloodstream at uh, or for an extended period of time. So with that said, that's what I've got for you. Hopefully it was informative, and if it was, then I would certainly appreciate it if you subscribe and uh, like 
the video or uh, leave a review if you're listening to this on the podcast. And with that said, I hope I have the pleasure of speaking with you in the next one. Have a good one, guys. See ya.